In the holy name of Jesus, amen. It's still Christmas. Merry Christmas to you on this second day of Christmas. And we come in here on a Sunday, and it is rather odd to have the first day after Christmas be December 26th, happening on a Sunday, St. Stephen's Day. How much money did you spend for Christmas this year? How much did you spend on the gifts for your kids, your husband, your wife, your grandkids, your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers? Next month, you'll probably get your statement from your credit card company. You'll look at your bank account, and you might look at things and say, eh, we kind of went a little over budget, went a little bit overboard. Maybe I shouldn't have bought whatever it was, but that's the price for celebrating Christmas, right? We often look at the price of things and what they cost for us today, and sometimes we budget these things and sometimes we don't. And sometimes we are utterly shocked at the cost of what it means to purchase things or to even just live out our life. What does it cost for us to be here today? We don't have a lot of people here today. I mean, three church services in a row, yeah, people are kind of a little churched out, I understand. But nonetheless, we are here today in the Lord's house around his word, around his gifts, and what does it cost for us to be here today? You might say, well, not a whole lot, Pastor. You are free to come and free to go. You are free to come here as often or as little as you like. And oftentimes, I don't think we really consider the cost of what it means to be here today. That's not talking about the church budget that parish planning puts together. It's not talking about how much money was spent on office supplies and paper printing and other things like that. But really, it boils down to what price and what cost does it mean for us to confess that Jesus Christ is born even at this Christmas season, to talk about the very fact that we do not simply say happy holidays, but we say Merry Christmas, for unto us a Savior is born, unto us a Son is given. That is really what this is still all about. It's not some secularized holiday season to celebrate the winter solstice. This is really still all about Emmanuel, God with us. But I think at times we have looked in our modern society and our communities today, and we've looked at the cost of what it means to truly be a Christian, and while we show up here on Sundays, we may not necessarily confess much about what this is all about here today in our day-to-day lives. I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I don't want to look like I'm projecting my religious beliefs onto somebody else. I don't want to look at somebody and maybe tell them that what they're doing in life is not quite the right thing or maybe the most appropriate thing. I don't want to simply point somebody to the hope and the mercy and the forgiveness of Jesus. I want to hold a grudge. I want to be angry with people. I want to look at them from my judgment seat that I have set up, and I want to be the first one to cast stones against them and the things that they're doing in their life. 
And we might sit here today and say, well, the church truly is persecuted in the United States today. I really don't think it is. In fact, the pastor that brought me back into the Lutheran church, who brought me back into Christianity, said something to me one day when I was sitting in his office as a college student, and I thought it was really kind of odd. He was talking about how the fact that the church seemed to be dwindling with participation and involvement and that he was having a difficult time finding college students coming into the church and so forth. And he said to me, I really think the church could use a good dose of persecution. What? It made no sense to me. And he simply said that when the church is persecuted, the church thrives. It grows. I don't know about you, but I don't show up here today expecting to be persecuted or to have suffering come upon me. But truth be told, as we live under the cross of Jesus Christ, there is pain, there is suffering. As that wonderful hymn that we just sang stated, we follow the train of Jesus. Whoever would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross, says Jesus. He doesn't say take up your glory. He doesn't say take up your wonderful, joyous, happy feelings. He doesn't say take up your gobs of money and your successful career and all of the happiness that you can find here on earth. He says take up your cross and follow. That is truly what it means to pay the price to attend this place. And I would dare say that we've had a little snippet of that over the last two years. We've had the government look at us and say, you can't get together. Where I used to be in Milwaukee, the city shut down churches because of this pandemic. It was illegal to meet with more than 10 people. And that congregation up there struggled and wrestled with this. There were those who were absolutely mortified by the virus and what this could possibly be meaning for us. And then there were those who said, forget the city, forget it being illegal, we have to meet. And then there were those who were saying, well, if we meet, you realize that Pastor Schaaf, being the administrative pastor, he could get arrested. Ah, we'll bail him out, they said. I'm sitting in a meeting with this all bantering back, back and forth, not saying a word, saying this is crazy. And yet we did not meet. We've experienced that here. We've experienced that here in this community, at this church. Whether we keep the masks on or not, we look at all of these things and we look at everything from how many people should be gathered in here, how many times should we be gathering in here, where should we be sitting people? Should they have masks on? Should they not have masks on? And we look at this in the midst of all of these holy and divine things taking place. And we get scared. And rightly so. Because we have seen this pandemic take away dear loved ones to us. We have seen people suffer. But in the same sense... When the church is down and out, when the church is suffering, when the church is persecuted, when the church is at a hinge point of things, do we meet or not meet? Do we continue on with these things that God has given us to do? 
or do we refrain from these things? There are some questions that need to be answered. Why do we gather here? Is this all about us gathering socially with family and friends? Is this all about us gathering at this place because we always have? Is this us gathering here together because we're Lutherans and we do Lutheran things and we do things a certain Lutheran way and that's the way we've always done it? Or do we look at what this place is all about in the fact that all of the joy and sorrow and all of the happiness and the suffering, your Lord and Savior is here with you. Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, says Jesus, there I am. In the times of war, in the times of peace, in the times of health and prosperity, in the times of pandemic and sickness and plague, in the times of joy and absolute gifts of birth, life, and salvation given to all people, and in the midst of pain, suffering, and death of our loved ones, Jesus is still cutting through all of this dark and broken world to be with you, his people. And that is why we're gathered here. Not to curse you or to make you somehow feel uncomfortable, but that God may feed you, forgive you, and bless and strengthen you in all things. What Stephen shows us today is that there is a cost and a price to be paid for following Jesus. Stephen spoke the truth about what was going on. He gives them a small history lesson all throughout the Old Testament, connected even with our Old Testament reading from 2 Chronicles, talking about how God over and over again sent the prophets to bring about repentance and a change of ways in Israel, and yet the people of Israel decided not to listen. They decided not to pay that price, but rather they decided to kill those that God sent. And we still see that today. With Stephen speaking the truth of Jesus, you'll notice here what true persecution and suffering looks like. It's not people looking at you and saying, well, I'm spiritual, but not really religious. It's not people looking at you and saying, well, your, your thoughts on Christianity are a little weird and a little backwards and a little narrow-minded. Did you notice the reaction that Stephen got today? When they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth. They are tense. They are angry. They cannot stand to hear what he says. And as this is all happening, Stephen has the Holy Spirit revealed to him what we just said in the creed. He sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And he says, I see the Son of Man in the heavens sitting at the right hand. And you'll notice how they responded as well. They don't look at it and say, where? Really? How come we don't see that? They cried out with a loud voice. They stopped up their ears and they rushed together at him. They took him out of the city and killed him by stoning him. These are not like the little river rocks that you have in your flower bed, by the way. 
These are like the rocks that take two hands to pick up and to hurl. This is the cost of discipleship. This is the cost of following Jesus. It is the cost of what it is that we have today before us as Christians. The world hated Jesus. The world will hate us. But here is the true cost involved with all of this. It is how do we respond? When you see the Fox News ad or, or reports or the CNN ads about th people and churches being persecuted and so forth, and when we look at these things and we tisk tisk tisk, this is terrible, can't believe this, we become enraged. But notice how Stephen responds. As they are stoning him, he cries out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he follows the pattern of Jesus. Do not hold this sin against them. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. What you see with Stephen today is how Christ Jesus works for you and for me. This is not about us being down here and him being way up in the sky. This is about him becoming one with you and pattering, pattering your life around his life in the midst of joy, in the midst of sorrow. That in the midst of all things, the greatest price to be paid was paid by Jesus. His very death on the cross, his blood shed for the forgiveness of all of the sins that we have committed against him for the times that we have been enraged and angered with him and with one another. Forgive them for they know not what they do. But now as he sends you out today, we pray forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That is the great price of what it means to be a Christian today whether there is joy or heartache, whether there are those who receive you or reject you. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be upon Jesus' words of forgiveness, and may that be the ultimate price and cost that we extol to others around us. Forgiveness. Love covers a multitude of sins. So the price has been paid for you to be here today. Freely you have received, freely now you can give. Freely you have received life and salvation. Freely you can pour out that to those around you with mercy and with love. The word Stephen means to be crowned. Stephen was crowned with rocks. Jesus was crowned with thorns. You today are crowned with the crown of everlasting life because your sins are forgiven. The price has been paid. Jesus looks upon you with great favor and says that as two or three are gathered here, so I am with you to forgive you and to strengthen you and to pour out his abundant love, not only just for you, but for others. 
so that on the last day they too, like Stephen and like you, they too might behold the Son of God in great power and might and glory and be received into the kingdom of heaven which has no end. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.